Well, good morning, MCC family, and welcome visitors to our service this morning. We are so glad that you can uh, be with us and to uh, study God's Word with us today. Um, we've been in a study entitled Investigating Jesus, a study through the Gospel of Luke, and uh, it's been a good study that we have been doing, but I've really felt this week um, in my prayer time and in the moving of the Holy Spirit in my, in my heart that, that I really need to kind of move out of that series, maybe just for a couple weeks uh, here, um, and, and address just some things that are going on, some things that we're all dealing with and feeling within the circumstances that we are currently living in, and uh, uh, you would probably agree and um, agree with me that uh, th these are really have been some uh, difficult times, some difficult situations uh, there. But let me start off by saying this, and let me uh, ask you if you have heard this statement. I know that at times I've, I've actually said this uh, a couple times, and the more and the more that I think about it, it's really not a right statement. But have you heard the statement, these are unprecedented times? Have you heard that? Have you heard that said that these are unprecedented times? times. Can I, can I give you a word of encouragement uh, this morning? Can I, can I let you know something about these times? They're not unprecedented. Quite, they're really not unprecedented. We have this pandemic that has been going on, these, these things that are happening in our world today, this virus that is going around, and, and people use this terminology of it being unprecedented, and the reality is it's not. Guess what? Viruses and sickness and illness and these things have been around since the fall of man. We have all dealt with different pandemics, different sicknesses, even within the past several decades. And we have come through them, uh, completely through them. And so this is not a new situation that we're in, although it feels that way. It may be new in our life. It may be something that is uh, weighing on us that we've never dealt with in our lifetime. But it is not unprecedented. And those who've gone through them in the past have come through. But what it is, what is really happening in our lives today, what we are really struggling with, and this is absolutely true, we are in uncertain times. We are dealing with uncertainty. And uncertainty is very difficult to deal with because the reality is the definition of uncertainty really winds up being, I don't know. I don't know who to listen to. I don't know what the truth is. I don't know who is right. I don't know who is wrong. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. The only thing I can do is stay self-quarantined because uh, my government has said that. But is that right? I don't know if that's right. Some experts say yes. Some experts say no. And so every time we get done with the conversation, everything that we're dealing with in life right now, we really come to this conclusion of, I don't know. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, uh, that can put me in a, a roller coaster of emotions, up and down, and trying to figure out uh, what is taking place, and trying to figure out what is true, what is not. Have you been there? Have you been, have you been dealing with that in, in your life? Have you been struggling with that um, from day to day as we travel through and, and all this information comes to us? Well, I want you to know that you're really in good company. If you're dealing with uncertainty today, just like everyone else is, do you realize that the disciples, Jesus' followers, those who were closest to Jesus, actually dealt with uncertainty as well? In John's Gospel, in chapters 15 through 16, 
we have a, a situation taking place where Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's getting ready to die on the cross, and he is warning his disciple of, disciples of what's going to take place. He is letting them know that uncertain times are coming their way. See, they had no idea he was going to the cross. They didn't understand what the whole plan was, and Jesus was preparing them. And he said to them, listen, your life in the upcoming days is going to be flipped on its head. It's going to be turned upside down. Things that you thought were certain will become uncertain. Things that you thought were clear were going to become questionable. As a matter of fact, when, when they come to take me, you're going to scatter. You're going to run. You're going to be fearful. You're going to hide. You're going to not know what to do. You're not going to know who to listen to. You're not going to know who to trust. Your life is going to turn upside down. You're going to be scared. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be upset. You're going to be uh, worried about what is taking place. And he says, can I give you some help? Can I give you some peace in this? He says, I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. Life is going to be uncertain. You're going to have rough times coming up. But this is what he said. He said, I say, tell you all of this, not to scare you, not to worry you, not to upset you. I tell you all of this so that in me, Listen now, he says, so that in me, in John chapter 16, verse 33, in me, you may have peace. Now listen to what he says. He says, in the world, you will, not, not could, not maybe, he says, you will have tribulations. You will have uncertain times in your life. You will have storms that come into your life. You will have struggles that you will face. You will have uncertainty. You will have tribulation. But he says, listen, take heart. Take heart. Hold on to this. Hold on to what? Hold on to what I am telling you. Hold on to what I am saying. Even though I may not be with you during this time, heed my words. Listen to what I am telling you and hold on to them tightly. He says, in this world you'll have tribulation, but take heart, hold on tight. I have overcome the world. He says, listen, I want you to understand, I want you to know that, man, your life is going to turn upside down. Things are going to go crazy. You're not going to know what to do. You're going to be uncertain, but understand this. Even though you can't see me, even though I'm not right there in your midst like I've been for the last three years, understand that I've overcome the world. And I want you to hold on to and trust in those words. Well, we hear those words, and we know those words were for the disciples and then also for us today. The same thing goes for us. We need to hold on to and trust in the words that Jesus has and trust in what he is giving us. But can we really do it? I mean, for someone just to say, trust in me or trust in these words, even that it's Jesus, can we do it? Well, I want to give you an illustration. I want to take you to um, a, a, an event that took place in the disciples' lives that really solidify for us how we can trust in God through the storms. How we can really trust in God when the storms come. Now, in Mark's gospel, Mark records for us an event that takes place with all of the disciples now, if you remember, Peter is pretty much the one that the scholars say that, that gave Mark this gospel. And so Peter is recounting this event to uh, Mark. And, and as he shares this event, I want us to walk through this today. And I want you to see some truths that we can hold on to. Some things that in the uncertain times of our lives we can grasp onto and hold on to to get us through the storms. 
Because the truth is, in, in this world, in this life, we will have tribulation. We will struggle at times. In the Gospel of Mark, beginning in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse number 35, we see a, a scenario take place. And I need to set it up this way. Jesus and the disciples had spent the entire day teaching and traveling. They were going from place to place to place. Uh, crowds have been following Jesus, as has been custom, and he's been teaching them uh, many different things. And finally it comes to evening time. They've gone from the early morning all the way through evening through the day. And they've come now to the south end of the Sea of Galilee. And it's time now for uh, supper maybe. Maybe they, they even pass supper. It's evening time now. And they're getting ready to be done for the day. And as they come to the Sea of Galilee, Jesus recognized that not only is he exhausted and tired from the day's events, but also uh, he saw that his disciples have been tired from the day's events. And he recognizes, man, we need to get away. We need a break. We need to uh, get somewhere that we can rest. And so Jesus looks at his disciples while they're there on the Sea of Galilee, understanding that most of these guys are fishermen and, and, and they love the sea and, and stuff. And of course, uh, we know that Jesus had a plan uh, in all of this, but he says to them, let's go. Let's go across to the other side. So let's get in the boats and let's just get out of here right now. We have been ministering all day. We're exhausted. We're tired. Let's get into the boats. And in verse 35, he says, let us go across to the other side. Now, to the disciples, that was a statement that was pretty benign. It was like, sure, let's do it. Let's get in. Let's go. Uh, I'm for that. Let's get out into the, uh, the sea and let, let's go uh, relax and see what's out there for us. And so they get in there, but I want you to understand that as we um, move into this, that this phrase is going to become very important as we travel uh, through this scenario and through uh, this uh, event here. And so... They get into the boat, and as they uh, climb into the boat, they, they, they get in, and, and the, verse 36 goes on as um, Peter is recounting this to Mark, and he says, and leaving the crowd, they took with him, they took him, that's Jesus, with them in the boat just as he was. And so I think this is telling us here that they got in the boat, they were tired, they wanted to go rest and relax, and then all of a sudden, they really didn't take time to prepare as they normally would, to go get in the boats. And so they get in the boats, they start going. Now, it's the end of the day. The sun is setting, the Sea of Galilee is calm. They're relaxing in the boats, they've got, they've got them launched. And Mark tells us here that there's actually a few boats that are with them. I don't know if they took them and tied them together, so they had one big vessel where they were all together there, but they're, they're traveling on the Sea of Galilee as you can imagine, they're all tired. Someone's taking care of the rudder and making sure the boats are going the right way, the right direction. But uh, some guys are sitting there just staring off into space after the day that they've had. Some maybe are closing their eyes uh, and, and uh, are comfortable. And then the sun sets, the sun goes down, um, and then, of course, some are sleeping. And Jesus was one of those uh, people who had gone to sleep. And as was normal on the Sea of Galilee, this wasn't something that was new or unusual for the Sea of Galilee. The Sea, the sea of Galilee had mountains all around it and, and was a low area, so it wasn't uncommon. And we see here in verse number 37 that a great windstorm arose. So the middle of the night, dark everywhere, they're going and all of a sudden the storm hits. Now again, that's not 
uncommon. It probably hit them out of nowhere. It probably didn't even see it coming. And the wind starts blowing. And these were seasoned fishermen. And they knew what to do when the wind started blowing. I don't know if they had sails or they took the sails down probably. Uh, the storm, the wind was blowing. The rain started falling. The lightning struck across the sky. The thunder was sounding. And as they started getting into the storm more and more and more, the storm became more intense. Greater and greater. The rain came down harder. The rain came down faster. The, the lightning was brighter and, and greater. And the wind kept blowing and howling. Even to the point that we see here in verse 37 that the waves were breaking into the boat. So that the boats were already filling. This was a big storm. This wasn't a little storm. This wasn't just a little bit of wind. It was enough to make great waves so that the waves were coming up over the sides of the boats and they were filling the boats. They were, if they had buckets there or whatever they were doing, they were trying to throw the water out with, with the buckets. And every time they take a bucket of water out and throw it out, 20 more buckets of water would come uh, back into the boat. They were, the boat was filling with water. And if you know anything about boats, you always want to keep the water on the outside, not on the inside, Right? And so this, it's flooding, it's coming in. The boats are, are banging into each other and, and the wood is creaking and, and the rain is coming down. And, and, and as they're looking at this, I can just imagine as they're looking at this and looking around going, if one more thing happens, if one more thing, if one of these boards lets loose or if there's a hole that takes place in the boat, if one more thing happens, I, I can't handle anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I think that's where the disciples were. I mean, they're seasoned fishermen. And even they came to the storm, and everything that kept happening was the perfect storm. As, as event after event after event kept taking place, as things kept piling up, I think they got to the point where like, I can't handle it anymore. I can't take anymore. Now, this was a violent storm, which is absolutely amazing for what we're going to see here in just a moment. But I think, I think really uh, in this story, I'm going to put Peter as the lead here because he was the person that was the spokesman. And I think Peter is kind of telling Mark this, and if I can just kind of insert this speculation, but I, I just think this might be, I think, I think Peter says, Mark, let, when we tell the story, let's leave my name out of this, okay? Let's just kind of, kind of we'll, just, we'll say the disciples, we'll, we'll say everyone. But all of a sudden, I think Peter kind of looked up and he realized, he's like, he's like okay, there's Andrew, there's, there, there's uh, James, there's John, there's other disciples, and they're bailing out and stuff like that. Where's Jesus? And I don't think he was looking for Jesus so that Jesus could be bailing water. I think he was just looking for Jesus for security. I think he was looking for Jesus for like, I, I need some uh, peace in, in, in the midst of this, and he couldn't find Jesus. Where is he? Now, these boats weren't huge by any stretch of the imagination. It didn't take long. I think Peter's kind of turned around, and verse 38 tells us, but he, that was Jesus, was in the stern. He was in the back of the boat, asleep on a cushion. Now, how in the world can Jesus be asleep in the midst of this incredible storm. Yes, he was tired. He was exhausted. He, he had spent himself, and maybe that's the case. And, and I questioned a little bit whether or not Jesus was actually asleep or not, because he's testing the disciples in this. But the scriptures say he was asleep, so we'll go with the fact that he was asleep on the cushion. And, and Peter comes to him, and, and, and over the storm is screaming and says, Teacher, 
I can almost say, what is going on? Why are you asleep? How are you sleeping through this? He goes, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, Peter's not just talking about him and the disciples. Peter's talking about Jesus as well. Jesus, your life is on the line here. These boats are going down. We're going we're gonna to drown and you're asleep. You're going you're gonna, to uh, drown in your sleep. Don't you care that you're going to die in this? And so Peter comes to him all worked up, overwhelmed. Enough is enough. I can't handle anymore. This, is, this storm is, just, is, is really weighing on me. And he comes to Jesus frantically, and he makes this statement. And the Bible says that, and Jesus woke. He woke up. Now, if someone's coming to you and screaming at you to get up, I think you'd be startled, right? Maybe jump up. I really don't believe Jesus jumped up at this case. I don't think Jesus was startled. I don't think Jesus was even worked up by Peter when, when Peter came. I think, I think Jesus uh, rolled over, saw Peter, and kind of sat up. And I think as he sat up, I think he got up, and he's hearing what Peter is saying, and he's, he doesn't even answer the question because it wasn't a question that, that needed to be answered. But I think he got up, and I, and I think really what happened here as Peter stood there after asking the question, probably with his eyes as big as saucers and his mouth wide open, don't you care? I think Jesus looked at him in the eye, kind of gave him a half smile as he walked by him, Maybe he put his hand on his shoulder as if to say, Peter, you're always so worked up. Well, didn't Peter have a right to be worked up? Absolutely he had a right to be worked up. He really believed that his life was in danger. But Jesus kind of looked at him, kind of smiled, and he heads out. And what does he do? And he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, I don't think this was a big, huge theatric moment of Jesus coming. I, I don't think this was a titanic moment where Jesus got at the head of the, the boat and, and put his hands up and screamed out to the wind and the waves. I don't think any of that happened. I don't think Jesus had to do any of that. I think he walked by Peter. I think he maybe walked to the middle of the boat. And I don't know even if Jesus really said, it says that he rebuked. And when we hear that word rebuke, we think of something so strong. We think of something so harsh. I don't, I don't know that that's really what it's implying. I think Jesus said, stop. I think that's it. I think Jesus said, I don't even, I think maybe possibly Jesus just shushed, if you will, the, the, the rain and the winds that were blowing. The way my mind works, I almost see the picture of Jesus going, hey, um, Wind and storm and rains. I don't even think he said that. I just said, hey, could you calm down? I think you're scaring my friends. <laughs> right? I think that's all that Jesus did in that moment. I think he came out and, and, and was totally calm and totally at peace. And he just simply said, peace. Peace. Stop. Settle down. It's going to be okay. And instantly... Immediately, the wind ceased, and the storm calmed. And then interestingly enough, as the storm calmed, and everything was quiet, and everything was done, I think Jesus turned around, 
speaking to all the disciples, maybe looking at Peter, maybe looking at the rest of them, and he asks them this question. He says, why were you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And I don't think Jesus was angry. I don't think Jesus was mad at them. I don't think Jesus was trying to make a huge uh, point of, you worthless guys, how long do we have to keep going through this before you ever get any faith? What is wrong with you? As a matter of fact, I don't think even Jesus was questioning whether or not they had faith. If I could, if I could add two words to what he says here, I would, say, I would think that what Jesus is implying here is, have you still no faith in me? Have you still no faith in me? See, they had faith, didn't they? It wasn't that the the disciples didn't have any faith. It's just where they put their faith. Their faith was in the storm. Their faith was in the circumstances around them. They believed with all of their heart, with all of their faith. The storm was big. The rain was heavy. The water was coming in. The boats were crashing. They believed And had faith that they were going to drown. And I don't think Jesus was mad whatsoever. I don't think that that he he was upset. I think he was saying, you put your faith in the wrong thing. You had faith. But why are you trusting the circumstances? Why are you trusting what you see? And I don't think at all Jesus was even making the point that, hey, listen, when you trust in me, I'm going to take all the storms away. I don't think that's even the case at, at all, because I don't think Jesus was even, even meant to, to necessarily take the storm away. If they had faith in Jesus, then they would have rode out the storm to the other side. The faith was in the fact that Jesus had said these words to them at the very beginning. Remember what I said? The, the, the faith was that we're going to the other side. Jesus had already told them, we're going to make it through. We're going to go. Why was Jesus asleep? Why did he have peace? Because he knew he was making it to the other shore. No matter what came in his life, he didn't focus on the circumstances. He focused on the truth. And Jesus' truth. And just like we saw when Jesus said to his disciples, as John recorded He said, have peace in what? In me. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. You're going to have circumstances. You're going to have bad things that are going to come. You're going to have very difficult things that are going to come. I'm not saying that you're not going to have emotions for them. I'm not going to say that they're not hard. I'm saying that you trust in me because I promise you that that when those tribulations come, I've already overcome them. I'm going to see you through. That's exactly what uh, he was saying. And we know this is exactly what Jesus was saying because we see the response. We see the response of the disciples. In verse 41 it says, And they were filled with great fear. Now what was that fear? I think there might have been some some fear as far as being afraid. Whoa, this is a big deal. But some of your translations say that it was awe. They had great fear. Oh, they had great respect. I mean, they watched Jesus heal the sick. They watched Jesus cast out demons. But they never seen Jesus take care of the weather, take care of the circumstances, things that seemingly are way out of anybody's control. And Jesus said, peace. And it was still, and they were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, who then is this 
that even the wind and the sea obey him. Who then is this? It's Jesus. Where do we put our trust? Where do we put our faith? We put it in Jesus. Because even the winds and even the waves obey him. And even if Jesus doesn't take the storm away, even if we are traveling through the storm, Jesus has said, I will take you through. These aren't unprecedented times. We've gone through these things before. We will go through them again, whether they're globally or whether they're personal. Whether there's things that are happening in our society or whether you're going through a storm today, we all have storms that come into our lives. We all have things that we have to get through because tribulation is a part of this world. And when they come, where do you put your faith? Do you put it in the storm? Do you focus on the circumstances? Do you stress over what is taking place? Or do you go to the Prince of Peace, the only one who can give you peace, which is Jesus? And Jesus promises we're going to the other side. Jesus promises that we're going to make it. And you know what that promise is? That promise is our hope. And that hope is this, that when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and we've accepted him as Lord and Savior of our lives, he promises us and tells us that we're going through to the other side. That other side is the shores of heaven. When we leave this earth, we are going to make it through. The worst thing that can happen in any of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ as we leave this earth and we find ourselves in heaven. You see, Jesus promises, promises us he's going to take us through. Listen, this life is uncertain. There's nothing guaranteed about this life. But Jesus is certain. Maybe you're where Peter is today. Maybe you're feeling completely overwhelmed. Our church family just this week just dealt with a shocking experience that took place. A beautiful saint, lady of our church, suddenly and unexpectedly went home to be with the Lord. Heaven is rejoicing, but we are not because we miss her already. And maybe that event took place and you heard about it and you thought, God, I can't handle anymore. God, I can't go forward anymore. This is too much. This is too much. Will you heed the words of Jesus? Will you listen to him? Will you trust him? He is going to carry us through. He is going to bring us through. Through this and through the other storms of our life till he also takes us home and takes us to glory. Can I put it another way that the Bible tells us in Proverbs a verse you probably know very, very well. Trust in the Lord. How? With all your heart. Don't lean on your, your own understandings because we can't understand it. But all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make straight our paths. The storms of life are going to come. We are going to deal with them. We are going to face them. But we never, ever face them alone. 
even though we physically can't see Jesus, we can trust in his word. I have overcome. I will take you through. We will make it to the other side. Trust him. Most gracious Heavenly Father, you are the only one that can bring peace in the midst of the storm. And Father, I pray right now for our church family. I pray for those who are visiting by way of technology. I pray for those who are struggling in their lives right now with, with uncertainty and fear. God, that you've already proclaimed peace. You've already said we're going to make it through. And Father, I ask right now that you will be the peace to all of us that passes all understanding. That even though we can see the uncertainty of this world, we'll not focus on it, but we'll focus on you. That when the world looks like it's completely out of control, you are still in control. Let this become resident in us, Lord. And as the disciples prayed, help us where we, we struggle with our belief. And I thank you already and praise you for the peace that you give. In Jesus' name, amen.